and then it stinks and it's sticky for the rest of the night. Hello and welcome to Grape Culture, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature, pop culture and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Ali. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On Grape Culture this week, we are going to be talking about nightclubs or discotheques because we're 809 <laughs> years old. Um, but before we start talking about my brain just told me to say all things funky, so I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> we, we have some drinks that we need to talk about today. So, Kim, what are you? What have you chosen to pair with the topic of nightclubs? Alex and I had a little chat about what to choose for this this episode, and, and the the feeling that we had was like alco pops or wine that made us think of Jack Rabbit, which is the uh, very <laughs> cheap. I was trying to find a nice way to say that very cheap red wine that was sort of everywhere in in clubs whilst whilst we were at uni and probably still is. So with that in mind, I picked up a rosé from M&S, but um, because it's from not M&S, a t- it's obviously... not a cheap rosé. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's from M&S, it's obviously a little bit nicer than a jackrabbit, but um, it is a bit darker than my normal rosé, and it was it was one of the cheaper ones that they offer. So I was kind of basing it on that, and I thought that. Also, back when I was at uni and started going to nightclubs, rosé was my uh, drink of choice or gin and cranberry, which I started drinking and then was like, (laughs) no, (laughs) can't do that anymore. (laughs) Flashbacks began. So I have got the Flower Press Rosé 2020 Wine of South Africa. The tasting notes are style is crisp, dry and elegant. Taste of cranberries and Um. mandarin. Uh, Food salads salads frittatas and stir fry it is a dry rosé wine suitable for vegans a bright and refreshing rosé full of flavors of red of fresh red berries and pink grapefruit made by local expert winemaker rhino boyson who selected the grapes from prime vineyards situated in the slanghook valley well known for its many fine wineries owned by passionate aficionados the slanghook valley mountain range frames the valley with picturesque scenery enjoy this charming rosé served chilled with salmon charcuterie or veggie skewers on the barbecue mns winemaker belinda this time i'm gonna try and open it so talk amongst yourselves (laughs) great um alex you are still on a non-drinking kick at the moment that's right isn't it i am so i have got oh god it's so pink (laughs) so as kim mentioned um back in the SU days um my go-to would have been a bottle of Jack Rabbit rosé mm. not red the pinkest wine you ever did see which is essentially just glorified alcopop and it was mainly because it was only about £5.25 and it was a whole bottle of wine and it was the most alcoholic and you could carry it around on the dance floor with a straw and it was <laughs> disgusting pure filth so I thought well I'm not drinking I'll go for something that is super super pink and I also thought schler is one of those things that kind of arrived when we were probably in our kind of going out nightclub era and it was just like oh the adult non-alcoholic drink schler but yeah I haven't really seen anyone drink schler ever so I thought I would give it a go today it's in a fancy bottle that you can actually pop and it says pop and party <laughs> so it feels like i'm not left out and i've got a wine glass to drink it in as well Oof. um it's called schler pink bubbly 
and uh, the tasting notes on the back, it all it says is, our bubbly is great for celebrations, whether it's a big moment, a special night, or just a Friday night, pop, sparkle, and party. <laughs> so I thought it was very fitting. <laughs> I'm excited to pop and sparkle, so there we go. Very good picked. I well, we went to the same university, so I used to get Jackrabbit at the SU as well. Um, and it was there's a very, very flattering picture of me that if listeners are very nice, they might get to see on our Instagram page. Um, <laughs> where I bought a bottle of Jackrabbit, had two pints of cider on top of that. Um, I was dressed as Captain Hook, I'm sat at a table with my head in my hands going, ah! and then I was home by 10 o'clock. So I also went along the lines of nightclubs don't really have good wine it is not what they are known for um so i bought the shittest wine that i could find which was uh echo falls yeah yeah echo falls pinot grigio um off of california it cost me a cool 4.99 which i think is the least i've spent on wine on this podcast for a good two years um just my standard friday night (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes and um i am not looking forward to this at all um but i might be shocked and surprised it's been a week Uh, (laughs) so the notes say uh, a classic combination of apples and peaches with a touch of ripe lemon make our echo falls pinot grigio oh that's where it stops that's where the sentence stops okay fine (laughs) um whether it's enjoying a glass whilst cooking dinner or sat basking in the sunshine our pinot grigio is the ideal accompaniment to the moments you love I think it's the ideal accompaniment to the moments you'd like to forget. I think that seems like a more accurate tagline, but we'll see. I mean, it's quite a snazzy bottle for an Echo Fall. Oh, yeah, this is very nice artwork on the front. Upgraded. Yeah. This this podcast is sponsored by Blossom Hill. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) That was another option. I did think about Blossom Hill. Uh, all right here I'm we gonna go pop, pop and sparkle Cheers. Ooh, smile twinkle charm <laughs> that's what i was trying to think of smile twinkle charm oh it smells so gross it smells so bad uh, does it smell like heartburn it smells like feet oh mm. you know when you open a packet of cheddars and it's like <laughs> cheap powder cheese it smells like powder cheese <laughs> that is not what you want in a wine I don't want the cheese and wine pairing to be in the same glass. I don't need that. Gosh, it smells like it smells like cow pole and um, you know, like vitamin gummies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it smells like. Um, How's yours? You're remarkably quiet, which seems good. Is that a good sign? I don't know. Okay. I did gag, but I got really, really drunk on Friday night on rose and did a tequila shot. And then was really hung over on Saturday. So this might just be like the first glass of rosé that I've had since that, which is... Since the time. (laughs) It's just all in the back of my throat. Like, all the flavour is at the back of my mouth, which is a little bit sickly. Um, But I'll see how it goes. Good. So I think we've all chosen appropriate... Uh, beverages. Alex, you're still looking at your slur with kind of a mixture of trepidation and... I mean, it, it's kind of like like the sticky carpet in a nightclub. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind Good. of glad that COVID has dampened my taste buds because it's not tasting <laughs> as bad as I anticipated. Oh yeah, we should probably tell our listeners that you've had COVID. <laughs> mm. 
if you want only to just to yeah only just recovering and uh that yeah i am thankful for my lack of taste right now so we're talking about nightclubs and the clubbing scene and all that shit uh, but the reason we're talking about that right now is because it's particularly pertinent to the UK because we have just had what is has been affectionately termed freedom day which means oh. that all covid restrictions have been lifted despite the fact that we are still seeing huge numbers and people in hospital but you know tories um so- <laughs> you know what freedom day reminds me of is fucking brexit yeah <laughs> Yeah. And the amount of people that the day after the Brexit vote got announced were like, how does it feel to be free? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Is how it feels to be free. Shut up, Gary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nightclubs are now open again. They have been open for a, a couple of months prior to this, but you can't dance. You couldn't dance. You could go to a nightclub and sit at a table. So, nightclubs. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Do. Do, uh, can you either of you talk a bit about your experiences going clubbing? Um, I'm going to say when we were younger because I don't think it's something that any of us are partaking of regularly now. No, no, <laughs> no. But to be fair, like I know that we're you know we're old and boring and and we like to hear people hear ourselves think, but um, <laughs> we 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 do have tried to go out and we do enjoy going we do have tried we do have tried (laughs) we do have tried to go out and like pre-covid we have we have gone out and we like to go dancing and we like to do karaoke and things like that so there there is a difference obviously between like going out and going out out and clubbing as well as nightclubs is a very particular scene i think that we're talking about that does tend to be when you are a bit younger than us or have more money than us or live in a more um nightclubby city than us but that doesn't mean to say that there aren't plenty of people who really enjoy it and it's a perfectly valid thing to enjoy it but yeah what I what I mean by that obviously is just to say that I'm probably going to be mostly talking about my uni days because that's my most vivid quote-unquote memories of nightclubs it's just not what I enjoy, but if you enjoy it, then that's great. And actually, I, I think there are a lot of people that really enjoy it. And I can see how it is enjoyable in a place where what it is offering is nice and fun, which it just kind of isn't around here. So I used to go clubbing long before Kim <laughs> went clubbing. Um, and back when I was 14, used to go out in London quite a lot. Um, or in my local area of Berkshire and and then obviously like went to university and had a taste of the Bath nightclub scene which we've established isn't that great and also worked in a nightclub for a really long time as well which had its own kind of is is has its own kind of library of stories but at the same time, again, I'm much more of a pub person. I think I would take a pub and chats with friends or even like sitting in people's houses and house parties over nightclubs. It gets to a point in the evening sometimes where I'm just so pissed that I probably couldn't hold a conversation. And therefore, the only thing I see myself good for is f- like thrashing around on the dance floor 
which is when the nightclub kind of comes into play. When I, when I used to work in a nightclub at university and it was a very different kind of demographic that would come through the door on a Monday night than would come through the door on a Saturday night. And our Saturday nights were very much the kind of local scene as opposed to the weekdays were students. And it definitely was people that kind of lived for the weekend. They'd work their Monday to Friday and they'd be excited about going on a night out and they'd, you know, all their money would go on this one Saturday because nightclubs are expensive. And you'd see the same people week in, week out. And obviously we had names for all of them and backstories that we fabricated. But it definitely, like, observing the locals on a Saturday night I wasn't sitting there going, wow, I can't wait until I'm older and then this will be my life. Um, I definitely visualised, do <laughs> I didn't visualise drinking schler over like FaceTime, <laughs> but much more Is the kind of life. Is you wanted your 30s to go, Alex? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Um, but yeah, nightclubs didn't really play a massive part in my life aside from a few stories that are hilarious and I can still tell today if you yeah. enjoy oh, them. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we definitely do want them. <laughs> we definitely need them. I think as well, like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there's a there's a tier of, like, there's pubs where it's it's relatively, you can hear your speak, you maybe can get a meal, um, or you can have a drink and have a conversation. They're not too busy. And then you've got, like, bars, which are sometimes pubs that just get, mm. for some reason, really, really busy or are sometimes designed to be... But like just wine bars and then there's clubs and I feel like I've worked for a pub that became a bar on a Saturday night but never a nightclub and you'd get a particular clientele in there as that kind of place as well that that might head off to a nightclub after but it's a weird like structure and I'd always be happier in the first two but definitely happier in the number one um and then the, the second one is kind of tends to be where we go when we're feeling a little bit fancy um Sam what about you <laughs> I think we already know but oh yeah no. I, I just I can't bear the idea of nightclubs anymore I just it makes me like shudder the idea of being I think also post-covid being so close to so many people makes it like it feels wrong now because we've been so conditioned to be like hands face space <sighs> um so <laughs> nightclubs no can't do it for that reason in fact i was in a situation uh, about a month ago where there had been a lot of alcohol consumed certain people wanted to go to a club to sit down because that's all you could do at that point <laughs> weird um <laughs> and i just went no and that's the point at which i left the evening but then at, at uni like alex i mean we <laughs> We've been friends since second year, so we've kind of done some of the same stuff at uni. Um, and pre that, like, I think I don't think I started going out as early as Alex, but I stopped <laughs> going out when I was at, at school. Um, and that was always just like, ah, yeah, great, they let us in. Woo, let's see if we can get served. Oh, no, we can't, let's leave. Um, <laughs> what couldn't get served because they didn't believe you're 18 or because the bar was so busy? Bit of both sometimes, bit of yeah. both. But yeah, I, I did love a club and I loved the excuse that going clubbing, um, going seal clubbing, getting you to, to get dressed up and to make it feel like an event. And some of the best, like my favourite moments from uni and the couple of years after that, that we were basically still living like we we're at uni, were going to a friend's house, 
getting ready, getting fancy, feeling nice, and then going for like doing pre-drinks, maybe one place before you go to the club, and then you just go straight to the club. Yeah. Um, and they were good fun. And there's yeah, a lot of getting, nights that I remember, and a lot that up. I don't. Getting dressed up was definitely the one. I. <sighs> but yeah, just going somewhere and seeing the queue and going, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stand in that for an hour. No. That's not fun. Why I don't even that? really like to like stand in a queue for longer than twenty minutes for a roller coaster. I don't know why I do it. Stand on a sticky dance floor where I can't hear anything. That's so like the songs that yeah. weren't made for me. That and nobody wants me there. And to and drink then, drinks that I can make cheaper at home. <laughs> when you go to a club and the DJ won't play any of your requests, I'm like, fuck you. You're here for us. This isn't Ibiza. <laughs> play what we want. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. The Hamilton soundtrack is banging. <laughs> Drop the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack, you coward. <laughs> That's why we just do house parties now, or house gatherings. We can't even really yeah. call them house parties. We don't know enough people for house parties anymore. I miss the friendships formed in the girls' toilets. Toilets. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh yep. my god, I love your dress. Oh my god. Thanks, it has pockets. Thanks, selfie babes. And yeah, and then you look at your pictures and be like, who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> or when someone's crying and you're like, you know what? Whatever he did, Not he doesn't it. deserve you. <laughs> Dump his ass. <laughs> Dry off your eyes. Dump his ass. <laughs> Dry your eyes. Put your lippy on. We're going to go and request Gold Digger and you're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. There is like a common, like, you know, there's something about being a woman in a nightclub that you just kind of like, you you usually go with a group of women. It's very rare that it's kind of like mixed genders that you go out with to a nightclub specifically. Unless you're going with partners. Unless, which again, like... I don't know, usually my group of friends was mixed. Yeah, I suppose. But it's a girl's night out, you often think of... You think nightclubs, yeah. And and I think at uni it was probably mixed, but then after uni it was always probably like girls' night out. Like you'd go around to your friends, you'd get ready, and then you'd go out drinking, and then you'd usually end up dancing. But the and like always kind of like with the handbags in the middle in a little (laughs) circle, and kind of like aware of the kind of predatory men on the dance floor that would kind of like see their little oh there's suddenly a gap in the circle and then try and like slip in and it's similar to that kind of like toy- going in the toilet and being like now we're friends it's kind of like even if there's women on the dance floor that are not your friend it's like everyone just kind of goes no strange man fuck off it does yeah it does become strangely tribal at times like if you see i mean most women i think will have had this experience where they've either been the person or they've seen it happen where they've seen uh, someone who is getting unwanted grindy attention usually from a man and women have sort of put themselves around this person as almost a human shield yeah and it's really it's a really interesting point this kind of i don't know camaraderie like yeah camaraderie of of, of women in a club it's a very good point yeah no i was just thinking about like the other the other kinds of behaviors that the kind of you said tribal i was thinking about like tropes um that you get because it, they are almost like cliches and and you watch these show watch shows and stuff and you think, oh, God, that's such a cliche. And then, of course, now we're talking and it's like, no, we have all had that experience. Um, most of my, yeah, most of my uni experiences, I had a mixed French- friendship group. So there were our male friends were there. So we didn't get too much unwanted attention. But yeah, I was just trying to think of like other other behaviours besides 
girls in the toilet and I think getting to the bar as well. Like, I don't know if you guys yeah. did this. Like, when you got to the bar, if there was anyone in the vicinity that you knew, you'd be like, what are you having? Wiggling. What are you having? What are you having? Yeah. Um, because it was such a fucking hassle to get anywhere. Although I don't think I ever did the bags in the middle of the room thing because I always had a little bag that was just a shoulder thing and I couldn't be asked with putting it down. No clutches yeah. for Kimberly. No clutches. Yeah, I hate clutches. I think, like, I think in terms of like getting to the bar culture as well, there's always those people that are like aware of who was served, like who was there first. Oh, and that's me. Be, yeah, and they'd and they'd be the nice <laughs> person. They'd be the nice person though that would be like, oh no, they were before me, and I was always that person. And then it, there's always those people that just don't give a shit, and they squeeze their way in, and then they get served, and then they push past you and spill their fucking vodka Red Bull all down your arm, and then it stinks and it's sticky for the rest of the night, and they are the worst. The the smoking area in clubs is a really interesting interesting space to be in, regardless of your gender, because there's a bit of that bathroom situation where you kind of just make friends with somebody because you happen to be there at the same time but it just feels a bit angrier <laughs> yeah I used, the... to, I used to love I used to love the smoking area and I think it is also because it's kind of like pub culture but with people just being friendly with everyone yeah so it's it's almost like you're in a giant like bubble of a pub and everyone's just like we'll be friends now because like you say we happen to be here at the same time whereas if you did that in a pub the people would be like you're a fucking weirdo but because you've got like a bag hanging out your mouth suddenly it's okay (laughs) yeah my experience of the smoking area because I didn't smoke but I would go out to the smoking area because I got too hot or whatever and my experience of the smoking area was it was like a slightly more misanthropic place to go to get away from the club that wasn't the toilet because if you go to the toilet you know, you're there to do a thing and you can't dawdle for too long unless you're making friends or doing your makeup or whatever. And or there doing coke. S- or doing coke. And there are so many people screaming and, and the people are throwing up and there's wee everywhere and someone's flushing. Whereas if you go out into the smoking area, you can have a bit of like fresh air and everything. And then you always get one fucking surly person who's like, I didn't want to fucking come tonight, but so-and-so dragged me here. And I'm like, oh, well, that's all right. Let's just have a little chat. And then next thing you know, you're actually having a micro conversation. And you're like, I don't really want to go inside because it's really hot in there and it's nice out here. Um, So I just remember it being slightly more uh, emo than the toilets. I've had some of the most in-depth conversations of my life in toilets and in smoking areas. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you what they were, but I remember them being very deep. Um, <laughs> always so, so deep. Always so deep. So speaking of this, um, speaking of toilets and smoking areas and, you know, just the general depravity of nightclubs, I think that's a really interesting moment because I think these places kind of can act like safe zones when you're in a club and you can't get away from someone and you kind of you you go i'm going to to the bathroom um or i'm going to the smoking area where it's outside and i can be around people before i leave and you follow me um sorry that got really dark but (laughs) but absolutely right absolutely right i um i had a bit of a stalking situation at university and that was exactly what i did i was like i'm going to the toilet come with me with to someone and then Mm -hmm it would be like, okay, you go out. Is he anywhere to be seen? And then if they weren't, mm. then I would go out and run away, essentially. Um, but yeah, like, absolutely, it was 
it was a calm down zone if you were ever in a situation that you didn't want to be in it was the place that you went where you could get attention i think it's also it's a place where you can go to get attention from staff because if you try to get to a bar because your friend's having a problem can you get to the bar no they think you're ordering and they can't hear you they just they want you to point at the fucking gin that you want and be done with it whereas and if you go to a bouncer like you you can try but that's again that's a whole other thing of wrestling over bouncer whereas if you go to the toilet like someone is safe Mm. and then you can then you can go out and flag down the person to be like i think it's also like if you're in the body of the club where it's very very loud everyone is so in their own kind of zone because they Mm. can't hear anything their 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 whole kind of self is just aware of themselves whereas i think if you go into a toilet or a smoking area where suddenly the sound drops and you become more aware of the people around you. And so therefore, if something was amiss, if something was wrong... It's more immediately obvious. Yeah. 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 And that's why it probably feels slightly more safe, I think. Yeah. And do you think in that way, because nightclubs come with a certain degree of risk historically and statistically for women and for... Not just for women, but for a um, a lot of groups that aren't cis white able-bodied men do you think that the that clubs themselves do enough to make women to make people who are quite often this target of harassment feel safe are, are they inclusive spaces what do you think no not really i don't think they are particularly inclusive spaces i completely understand why you say women because that's the experience that you can identify with so it's obviously top of your mind um but you know i think we've all talked about the fact that there are a lot of there are a lot of different ways to be harassed in society and i don't think that there is a lot of safe spacing not in my experience anyway every altercation i've ever had has not has never been a case of like investigation or or reason it is make it stop and kick everyone out and you're on your own and there's not a lot of care for the situation that you are putting someone in when you have decided that they're a problem even if they've not done anything or even if they have done it something like there's still I think should be a duty of care and I understand that um a, a bouncer's goal or a club owner's goal is to take the problem away from them as quickly as possible but i think i you know there's the story upon story upon story of people who get kicked out of the club whether or not they were the people causing the problem or the victim of that or had had too much drink and then they go missing or then they get attacked or then they get in a fight and that could really easily be avoided by it being a policy that someone leaves the club you make sure they get in a taxi at least like I know taxis are not always a safe space either, but it's a, it's one more step or having some kind of safe ride process that even if someone is causing problem, as long as they're not like attacking your staff, then I think that it should be relatively easy to see them go out in the care of someone else or be put into the care of someone else so that they can get home. And if they are attacking your staff, that's when you call the police. So, so what you're suggesting there is some sort of like nightclub buddy system. yeah i'm just thinking of like i mean i've been kicked out of the club before in a town that i didn't live in by myself and i they like they wouldn't let me flag down anyone that i knew and there was no signal in the club so i couldn't call anyone so i just had to stand there 
and wait in the rain in January for the person who had invited me to come out and figure out where I was. I was fine. That was pretty mild. But like, that's, I'm not unique in that story. I have everyone that I know has, has had a similar story. And, you know, Alex and I have indulged in a lot of true crime. And, and you hear that story all the time about people going missing or falling in the river or all this sort of stuff. And it's like, it's one extra step. And I appreciate that a bouncer's role is to get the problem away. But I feel like I feel like de-escalation or aftercare should be part of it. Ideally, you'd never get to that point in the first place because people would actually not serve people who are blind drunk. But I, I appreciate like they're there to make money and that's their money. But also like smuggle in booze sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I do think I do think that there should be a code of conduct if someone is ejected from your establishment that ensures that even though they are problematic that evening, that they are not that doesn't mean they're always problematic and that they are taken to a place of safety or given the opportunity to go to a place of safety. I think I think it also it stems from, I think historically, and my experience has been the um, bouncers and owners and managers of night of nightclubs tend to be men. And I don't, from my experience, they don't feel the kind of uh, fear that potentially women on their own feel at night when they're vulnerable and on their own and have had quite a lot to drink. And I think so, that, like, therefore, they might not actually realise that there might be more danger there like potentially then it there is a duty then of nightclubs to employ a separate person that is the kind of aftercare person or, or you know someone who is aware of people that are in vulnerable situations or may mm-hmm. potentially be in a vulnerable situation upon leaving their premises the drunk wrangler a handler yeah, yeah. yeah. handler, handler. yeah I mean, you but get I, those wonder, I, wonderful people that hand out packets of crisps and bottles of water on the street. <laughs> I always love that. But I, I genuinely think that that should be a consideration. There should be a club handler or two or three who, who that is their responsibility because you are, you are in an establishment that is ultimately getting people into this situation. You like, you're not, you're not an innocent bystander in this equation of person plus alcohol equals mess. Like, that's not that's not fair to completely wash your hands of responsibility seems like bullshit and so I think that you should employ people to do that I don't you know like in my office building I don't leave cables all over the floor and be like oh well actually it's not really my responsibility to uh, pick you up if you fall over fall over all the cables like I don't just I just don't do that but that's also whilst you're in the office environment. This is talking about someone after leaving that environment. So that's that's where it gets a bit hazy because you're like, well, where do you draw the re- line of responsibility? So I, I suppose maybe there is something to do with, you know, we talk about these safe spaces like the toilet and the smoking area. Potentially there is a duty of care to offer a safe space that people can go but whilst if, they're if in that. down area. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. also, I mean, it's, it's very difficult because you could offer something like that you could say this person will will basically take care of you once you leave get you a taxi um the the pissed concierge uh will will help you but like you say alex you can't not everyone will want that a lot of people will be like no i'm fine and then they'll just fuck off but i think having 
a service on hand that people are aware of where they can go something like I have lost all my friends have left I don't know where I am or um you know I think someone put something in my drink yeah I I don't feel right I think someone put something in my drink even even if they didn't you should be able to say I don't feel well can someone help me like not I I don't feel well please kick me out before I throw up on you yeah, please let me out the back entrance as happened once in Excel because I was too drunk and they wouldn't even let me out the front door. So I was so confused where I was. Oh <laughs> but I've also had amazing experiences with bouncers where I have been very, very drunk and they have like got me yeah. water and sobered me up like and spoken to me and asked me where my friends are, went and got them. Like, yeah. like I have had experiences where they have been brilliant at ensuring safety. And that's great. And that but that should be the norm. Yeah. Bouncers shouldn't just be muscle. I don't think it shouldn't just be a like a deterrent for like, if you behave badly, we're going to fuck you up, which is what it feels like quite a lot with a lot of bouncers. Um, security is more than just punching someone in the head when yeah. they don't do. Security no. of people, yeah. like yeah. Their, their security. Security for everybody. And I think, yeah. again, we've, we've, we've been talking about this from our perspective as women who have gotten too drunk. Or men, um, actually the true crime that I was thinking of was actually a chap in Dublin who went missing because he got kicked out of a club. But um, I'm also thinking about even in the situations in which there is like an altercation or a fight or a complaint, um, and this is, I think, where uh, people of colour are particularly vulnerable is because they're they're generally going to be the people who are seen as the instigators, even if they're not. And they're being kicked out and they're being abused. And it's it's that kind of give power to people who are supposed to be protecting, but they don't feel protected by those people. And I I think that that is something that needs to change. Like, I think that there needs to be better training for bouncers. Like, bouncers need to be trained. They can't just be hired because they're big. I, I think, think they need like, to be trained on I think there can be, yeah, there can be some very great bouncers, but there can also be, like you say, some that are not. Um, and I think there's also, speaking of like sort of duty of care, I think, and I say this knowing that both of you have been bar staff at certain points, um, it would be ideal if bar staff could be more predisposed to cutting people off when they feel that they're in a, a danger to themselves and or others however okay. i appreciate when things are busy that's really hard to keep track of especially when someone is being served by multiple different people um but then i think that comes back to the establishment owner to have more stringent checks in terms of capacity and what can be checked so i do think there are things that people could do if they really wanted to make these spaces safer i totally agree I totally agree about that, like cutting people off. Um, I have tried to do that in bars, but it's, it is a difficult thing to do. And like, obviously you're being paid to take money from people. So um, that's kind of what you want to do. And I completely understand that, but I completely agree. Also, you know, those um, bands that you get, like swimming centers and stuff that you can put money on, for like lockers and stuff why doesn't everyone just get one of those on the way into the club you preload it and so then it scans well, like so it knows a, like how many drinks drink you've had. ticket oh okay right yeah but then so, the amount of drinks that someone i think that's you, yeah, no, but, yeah, it at least, well but it is at least is like a oh this person has had four drinks are they okay to have this drink yes like you you it gives you it gives you a moment to pause and assess obviously no one's perfect and that's not gonna be perfect but it's one extra step I think where that would come in more useful is where you go, this person's had one drink and they can't stand up. There's clearly something wrong. 
yeah 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 as well yeah, that's true yeah I think and I I can't imagine like I feel like that would be really useful for you know if mm. something did go wrong forensic evidence and things like that to actually trace back like well this person bought two rum and cokes at the same time and this person that they were hanging around all night based on bluetooth proximity or or cctv or whatever is is the person that got like hammered hmm wonder what happened here like i think right i've just solved it i've solved the world (laughs) i mean on a on a much lighter note it means that um when i used to work obviously people don't really carry cash that much anymore but i used to work in a nightclub back in the day where none of the bars had card machines and (laughs) if i had to serve one more person that took out some pound coins out of their sweaty bra (laughs) and dumped it on the bar I would, I would not like. Lose your I would mind. rather a band that more hygienic, more more hygienic, COVID friendly. You yeah. could pre, you could preload it with cash, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that you had set yourself a budget if if you were that way inclined. Well, it's like festivals. You pay for tokens, and then you end up actually spending more money because you don't always use all the tokens. Guys, I think this is really smart. Yeah, I'm here for this. I think we should not put this on the podcast, and I think we should invent it and sell it to clubs. <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about wristbands? Wristbands. <laughs> also, also like, better, time... better than stamps. Yeah, well, yeah you get entry them. wristbands to club nights and stuff, don't you? And and you could have time zones, like you know how when you go to the spa and you get like a band, and you're like told that you only have like three hours or something mm. like that. That mm-hmm. way, you could just like you could keep it like it means that you're one person isn't lingering and just kind of observing the drunkards and then being kind of like a predator or also people don't get so paralytic because they've been there for seven hours and when it comes to the one in one out thing when things are really busy you can be like well look your thing's just buzzed it's time for you to fuck off and they can't complain yeah, and then you can get a whole load more people in who want to spend all their money rather than buying two more drinks and then coming out. There are so Guys. many ways that this could work. The only problem is people who are like, I don't want something machine tracking me. Which like, cool, take your phone out then. Cool, go get your white lightning and sit in the park. <laughs> or your schler. Or your schler. But yeah, and like, your look, phone will tag you anyway, love. <laughs> I've said wrist, wrist things because it's easier than an app, but you could just as easily make it an app that you can only pay through the app. But that's linked to your Google Pay or Apple Pay or whatever. Yeah, but then we start running into like this is the problem. With this is we start running into Big Brother territory of yeah, exactly. Whereas I think a wristband, like you. you say, you use a stamp. People do wristbands in clubs already. You just have to reach over a bar to wave your wrist yeah. at a card machine. If you give the wristband back at the end of the night, you get free entry next time. You know, fuck it. There are so many ways that this could work million dollar idea i mean it could be sorry it it could be that it's all vending machines and that you just use your like thing a gin and tonic you don't even need to wait at the bar for a million years yeah and then and then the machine will be like no you've had too much you'll be like fuck you machine and you'll try and kick it Um, (laughs) and then two come out at once (laughs) yeah i mean you know the ideal is that that thing would then monitor your blood alcohol level and uh, just, it was just making point. it better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. And then call you a taxi. <laughs> We've called you an Uber. No, I don't want it. Oh, maybe when you return it, to like, when you turn you return it to home, like a locker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it orders you a taxi when you return it to the locker. Yeah. Taxi oh. for risk number three hundred four. Three hundred four. Brilliant. <laughs> this is We've, genius. We've it's genius. I'm so clever. The future of clubbing. Well done, Kim. Good plan. <laughs> 
I mean, it could be that if you feel vulnerable, you can opt to keep your wristband on and um, it tracks you home. So that yeah. if something does yeah. happen to you, you know, like, where that person's been. Yeah. And also you can, if you're like, say, if you're ordering something from it, like you would, a, you know, like a smartwatch, when you're feeling, if you're talking to someone and you're feeling uh, vulnerable or scared, panic button. you can just be like, oh, I'm just ordering another drink. And it's like, yeah, it's a panic button. It's like, <gasps> I don't feel safe. None of this talk to Angela, just yeah. the wristband. Yeah, Angela is the wristband. <laughs> That's what we should call it. Yeah, we just need someone with uh, the tech know-how. And millions of pounds. <laughs> so we're going to have a break. We're going to go for a wee, but not together, because sadly we're not together and we're not in a nightclub. And we'll be back after the break to talk about how we're finding our wines and also potentially some more about this million-dollar idea <laughs> and generally nightclubs. So we're back from our break and I think it's time for us to check in with our wine and not wine consumption. Um, Alex, how's the schlur? Um, As I said before the break, when we first sampled our wine, I'm very glad uh, for my uh, post-COVID uh, lack of taste. Um, but that doesn't mean that my teeth don't feel like they're about to drop out of my face. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's very, very sugary and sweet. Maybe not the drink of choice before bedtime. It's fine. It's just very fizzy and very sweet. I mean, maybe it is a nightclub drink. Maybe it is actually quite fitting because the amount of times I'd wake up having forgotten to brush my teeth and my teeth feel like this the next day oh, after yeah. a nightclub drinking sesh. So actually, yeah, rather fitting. Kim, how is your less aggressively pink rosé? My less aggressively pink rosé is... Not great. Um, I feel like I've drunk enough of it now to have gotten over whatever like wine horror that I had from Friday. So I think it's just not great. Like it's a bit sweaty. <laughs> okay. Sweaty. Like as soon as it gets a bit warm, it's a bit. The only word I can think of is sweaty. It's just like <laughs> it just tastes that weird kind of nothing diluted flat Fanta orange not Fanta orange Fanta fruit burst but like mm. flat and a mm. bit warm but um, I would not buy it again Could you imagine drinking it in a club? I mean sweaty sugary sweet does yeah. sound like yeah. a nightclub Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very Blossom Hill And speaking of how's your Echo Falls? Sister My... to Blossom Hill Oh yes sister Um <laughs> I know that we have made this a completely arbitrary measure of wine and wine quality, but the bottom of this wine is entirely flat. <laughs> there even, is no thumbing. Even, even mine's got thumbs. Yeah, mine has no thumb. I'm just like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is something. To, if that is what we are taking as indication of quality, not good. Oh, you've you've got you've got a little you've got the just the tip in there, Kim. Just the tip. Um, just just the, the tip. tip. Do you know what? It is not as hideous as I was expecting it to be I went in with very very low expectations and it is um it is mediocre which is which is good <laughs> in comparison to what I was expecting I will not be having it again um <laughs> but I expect it to be in a much worse position than I am right now so if you were to design your perfect nightclub or your perfect 
late night drinking establishment. Let's go with that rather than nightclub. What would you what would you both go with? We've talked a bit about what might make nightclubs safer and uh, more welcoming to certain patrons. But I think knowing a bit more about like if you could pick somewhere when you when the pubs have closed and you could go, we're going here. What would you want that place to be? I'm a big fan of a nightclub or establishment that has many floors and each floor has its own kind of, I don't want to say theme because I'm not talking about like the Disney room and like, I don't know. the By, by floors, you mean like levels? Oh yeah, like layers. Many problems. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm a fan of floors. <laughs> Um, no, no, like levels of a building. I'm a big fan of that because I think sometimes at the end of an evening, which is usually when you would go to one of these late night establishments, it's predominantly for me, it's sometimes, like I said, either because I can't speak and that's the only place I can go to, to appear relatively normal, or it's because nowhere else is open and you still want booze. And so that doesn't always mean that I want ridiculously loud music and one space that encompasses everything. So I am a massive lover when you kind of enter different rooms and they have different vibes. So um, I would love a particular floor or room that has live music, massive fan of live music. I think um, if you get some kind of band with a trumpet Everyone is dancing. Everyone is having a good time. <laughs> Live Scar Band when you're fucked is definitely just one. just the best thing. No. No. Oh, shush you! This is my club. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'll, I'm you might mute enjoy it. one of my many other floors. <laughs> um, and um, so I would enjoy a room with live music. I then would also enjoy some kind of like jazz laid back room where you're more welcome to kind of like sit down and appreciate the music and enjoy. Um, I would then also like some kind of like outdoor area. I don't necessarily mean just a smoking area, but some kind of space which encompasses everything we spoke about that is like the smoking area where people kind of are encouraged to chat to each other or you could just kind of stand on your own and just get some air. Preferably there's a nice view. Maybe we're talking a rooftop. Maybe there's a pool. That would be nice. Um, I also think there should be some kind of like pillow room or like comfy space. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Drinks are only allowed in like, but like drinks are only allowed in clothes. I'm not pop. talking about drinks. Oh, no one's getting it on in my pillow yeah, room. Yeah, they are getting it on in your Everyone's room. getting it on in your pillow room. That's what I've <laughs> okay. heard. Well, in my imagination, <laughs> this room is for comfy chill-outs. <laughs> um, maybe there's some kind of, like, nice film playing somewhere. or uh, who, who knows? Um, and there's Just snacks. go home, Moana. <laughs> <laughs> what if you want to continue chatting whilst you're comfy? And then maybe we'd have a room with, like, a DJ that... But, but they have to play every single request that comes in and no one's allowed to leave until all the requests are placed. <laughs> Maybe we'd have the basic function of a nightclub. Who knows? <laughs> um, and the toilets would be beautiful and would like there would be many a staff member tending to these toilets so that they're not like flooded and toilet roll is everywhere and it's no great. splash, no gash. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe there's not people like selling perfume and lollipops. No spray, but... no lay. <laughs> 
all that jazz. But maybe we'll ironically have posters on the wall, like pictures that say those things, so that we can have a little laugh. Oh, like inspirational quotes. Yeah. Say no slash no gash. That no would spray be, no lay. I would enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my that's my nightclub. <laughs> I love this club. Um, it sounds like something I would build in The Sims, and I'm very much here for that. Yeah, an experience. Kim, how about you? I imagine yours is going to be uh, knitting and gin. <laughs> Um, possibly. Uh, no, so Alex, I was a little bit unsure when you were talking about different floors because <laughs> floors, it just seems like a lot of effort as far as I'm concerned. And I'm trying to think of like this, this is imagination. Is a... This is like beyond like anything. Yeah, but imagination still requires to climb stairs and that's just effort. And I remember Ooh, going to places nice. with multiple floors and then you lose people and it's really stressful. Um, and I do think that like probably in my ideal place there would be a, like a three to four room situation where it's like you've got the cool swanky basically first of all lots of seating everywhere lots of seating available because people like to sit down for god's sake and really well functioning toilets because i just can't and also somewhere to get snacks yeah just like i, I don't mean like a full meal or anything like that but like you shouldn't have to not go for some kind of snacks and there should be water hydration stations everywhere you shouldn't have to go to a bar to get water what kind of snacks are we talking about? i'm talking things like crisps and peanuts just something or like bread rolls things to fill a hole like that's all you really need um in a nightclub <laughs> you can usually find plenty of things in the nightclub to fill a hole we oh. um and so then yeah multiple it's- rooms um so one room that's kind of like a nice wine bar vibe for those people that do prefer like a or it's a bit maybe a bit romantic like you want to go somewhere that you might want to dance but then you're like actually I want to go like sit and that's the kind of place that might play like some smooth jazz or something so maybe a pianist or something in the corner um but that's not the first room that you go into obviously because that's a little bit too highbrow um <laughs> you have to conquer the many layers to the many before layers. you get to the highbrow um, you must recite the odyssey backwards in three, <laughs> and then you can go to this room then you then you may go into my speakeasy wine bar um, I feel like the, the clubs, there's like a password though and like yeah yeah no i do think like there should be an introvert's room that is password like speaking protected that i think like Hello. a room that is not a room or a space that is not related to music or socializing or anything that is somewhere that you can go to be like i just need to sit for a bit and calm down and that is the place where there would be the most water stations and stuff to really encourage you and especially as it's a place to go if you are like concerned about anything and then um two dancey rooms one which is uh emo pop punk and one which is cheesy pop. Um, and I don't care about the rest of it. Sorry, don't, do away with your drum and bass. I don't care. Um, it's my club. I can say what I want. Um, and I also, when you were saying roof terrace, I'm like, absolutely roof terrace. In the middle of these four rooms is the hallway with a windy staircase that goes up to a beautiful roof terrace that you can smoke in if you so desire with a cigarette machine so you don't have to worry about not having cigarettes when you go in if you suddenly decide that you want to smoke and um and a small bar so that you don't even have to go down into one of the other bars if you're having a really nice conversation you can just stay where you are you don't have to lose anyone and that is both a socialization place and a smoking place it's not just a 
like here goes down by the bins to smoke place it is every much as part of a part of the bar as as the rest of it so that's my perfect bar i think like i'm i'm a big fan of all the like the quirky things like i think in the pop punk room for example you could have a couple of like pac-man games or things like that like for when you're not dancing but you want to be in that zone and like in the same way with the cheesy pop i feel like it's probably an equivalent thing that you could have um candy floss machine silly things like that that kind of just make it like a social environment so that you can be in around the music that you like but you don't have to be dancing um and then yeah you've got the sort of of swanky wine bar for when things get a little bit cozy and then the uh absolute sort of chill out zone might be you know i kind of imagine one of those like star galaxy things on the ceilings and stuff like that so if you get a little bit high you can just be like i'm too high and it's all fine and then beautiful rooftop terrace with lots of fake wisteria and grapes and things like that um there's a palm tree in my rooftop terrace as well and when I say when I say emo pop punk, I do of course mean everything that was ever released, but I also specifically mean album tracks. <laughs> like niche album tracks. When it comes to requests in either room, if you request an obscure album track, but you know that everyone's gonna be hollering to it, I just really because I just need to hear certain songs that got never never got released by bands that no one cares about screamed at the top of my lung. Sam, your nightclub. Oh, oh, I do think this whole multi-option model is the way to go. Like I, because I don't want when I go to a nightclub, I don't want to be listening to the same crap music the entire time, and I want to have an option of sitting down, and I want to have an option of going to cool down when you are too hot and it's sweaty, and uh, as in the city that we're in, all the clubs have to be underground by virtue of the license of the city, so it's even worse. Yeah, I think having multiple rooms is great. I would like, I would love a cheese room. I love when you're just like, fuck it, give me Venga Boys, give me all of this. I don't care. <laughs> yes. And you can just be an idiot and yes. do what you want. Yes. But then I also would love some kind of like, like, I'd like a whiskey, I want a whiskey bar that would be laid back, blues, soul, bluegrass, a little bit of country, like just kind of very mellow, but it would be live. It would be, it wouldn't be a DJ. It would be live music, and then I'm like, yeah, that's. But then that's more in bar territory rather than club. So I'd feel like that's where you would go. You'd progress to that room after you've been like, fuck yeah, cheesy, and you're like, no, I need to calm down. Give me some some whiskey and some blues. Chris or some. Give me some whiskey and some blues. Um, and yeah, so I'm. I'd go for that, and then I think I think I would have some. <laughs> This is going to sound so stupid, but I would have a gay bar on there as well. I want one of my rooms. Basically, my in my head, my club is like the number five on a dice where you have square, square, square in the middle, square, square. Square in the middle is cheese. One square is whiskey, bar, blues, roots stuff. Another square is gay bar. There's going to be karaoke. Sometimes there'll be drag queens. Sometimes there'll be all this stuff going on. Sounds perfect. And then, yeah, some kind of lounge area that has like I'm thinking a lot of water features (laughs) you know very very chilled very I feel like this needs to be by the toilet (laughs) possibly yeah maybe that's what the other the other section is it's just bogs (laughs) um but no I think the other section should be like some sort of and I feel like I'm sort of vibing off both of what both of your ideas is that like it should be some kind of interactive thing that is fun to do 
that doesn't involve dancing necessarily for the people who don't want to dance. Because I don't want I don't want a drum bass room like Kim. I don't want I don't want the kind of music that makes your ears angry. No. <laughs> I want it to be fun and I want it to be sexy and chill. Sexy and chill. Sexy and chill, guys. That sexy could be your motto. Yeah. I've um, thought as well that I might include some kind of takeaway like tacked on the back of well, my nightclub. I would have a, to like, maximize a, a profit. Takeaway van, Ooh. like one at the front, but you it wouldn't just be like kebabs and chips. It'd be like, yes, we'd have kebabs, but also we'll have like halloumi fries and mm. you know all that jazz. Yeah. I might allow cooked food on the on the roof terrace. Okay, yeah. As long as you can't you can't take food into the main club because no one wants to walk around on chips and stuff. But <laughs> I have I like you Sam, I have a really clear layout of mine mm. in my head. So it's like the my, mine's the floor, 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 floor. <laughs> mine's mine's all up. one level. <laughs> yeah. Mine's I mean, all like, one level. The, um... Maybe a speakeasy for the for the um swanky wine bar. Yeah, I actually to be fair, the whiskey bar would be better underground. But you know, your Alex, yours reminds me of the you know the hot in here video where it's just this big U. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's just layers of stuff going around. So I think that brings us to the end of our show this week about nightclubs. Um, if any of you would like to visit any of the nightclubs that we've described as our ideal venues tonight, then please let us know. Um, we are on social media in various forms. But before I tell you where you can find us, we have some wine to rate. So uh, let's go to me first, because we can. And I haven't gone first. Uh, you never go first. I never go first. Yes. So I have the Echo Falls. I, I don't know if I pointed this out earlier. I don't think I did. But it is 100 percent carbon neutral oh, so nice. if you are environmentally concerned and you have no taste buds <laughs> okay, <laughs> way to go. Uh, so it's the echo pinot grigio 2018 and it is um everything you would expect from a white echo falls wine um it hasn't made me sick which is nice yeah. uh, <laughs> but i think tomorrow's hangover is not going to be unimpressive so i'm going to give it I'm going to give it a 1.5. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's seems... a low score. And Kimberly, how about you and your M&S Rosé from Sheila or whatever her name was? Belinda. <laughs> Belinda. Don't disrespect Belinda. My M&S Rosé is... Blech. Like, I'm still drinking it, barely. I'm disappointed, to be honest, because I... I have a lot of faith in MS wines, despite having had some terribly, terribly, terrible ones. Um, but it is not, it's not doing it for me. And it's a good night for rosé. It's warm. That's pretty much all I need. Um, it's just a bit sickly. For a dry rosé, I feel like it's it's quite sweet, basically. I just think it's not marketed particularly well for what I think it is. Um, I am also going to give it 1.5 because I'm really not, I really haven't enjoyed it. And it's probably not e- equal to an echo falls but at the same time like it was six pounds down from i think eight or nine pounds jeez and it comes with a certain level of promise and i don't think it meets that so i think for that reason i'm giving it one point seems accurate and alex how is your fizzy good party make feel nice schlur my pop to party my pop to party didn't exactly bring the party 
to my taste buds. I mean, yeah, it just tastes like a really, really sweet, fizzy drink. The fact that it does come in a kind of poppable bottle, like you feel like you're about to have like some kind of fancy pink fizz, it did not deliver that. But yeah, it probably does taste like the kind of thing you would get in a nightclub. I think it pairs well with the theme in terms of my taste levels. I'm going to give it a (laughs) 1.52. So thanks for listening to Grape Culture this week. If you want to follow us, tell us what you think of our song choices, our nightclub choices and uh, our wine slash not wine choices. You can find us on various places in social media land. We are on Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. You can also find us via our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. So thank you for listening. We'll be back in a month with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.